You're listening to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Gerard with space, pumped it towards Barosh. He's been tipped through it. The goalkeeper made contact. Luis Garcia was in front of the line. Gas hooked it away. Goal! The first goal of the semi final is a Liverpool goal. And it's come down to Drogba, who this time is the fifth penalty taker for Chelsea in the final shootout. Getting set to look forward to another great weekend of Premier League action from the top of the table all the way down to the bottom. We've got Javier back here on the Ghost Call Pod. I'm Alex. Javier, how are you doing, man? Doing well, man. It's good to be back. Uh, real quick, before we dive into this weekend's games, you obviously uh, had to miss out on the pod earlier this week. I wasn't just going to let you walk away with uh, no mention whatsoever of uh, Chelsea's epic 3-2 win over Arsenal at the Bridge uh, last uh, Saturday. We watched together. We laughed. We cried. Um, we, uh, Chelsea won, and that was what's important at the end of the day. But what did, what did you think of the result real quick? Yeah, I mean, I obviously was disappointed after the game. Um, I thought overall, uh, you know, let me get this out of the way, I think Chelsea deserved to win the game. I think that in the first half, um, it was pretty crazy. There was, you know, the first 20 minutes, they definitely outplayed Arsenal, and they deserved to be uh, up two goals. And then, um, you know, they even missed a couple chances. And then for the last 25 minutes, uh, you know, we, we obliterated them and we could have easily scored four or five goals. Um, and I mean, that was a crazy first half. I don't think anyone expected that to be the case, but I guess that's what happens in two managers that are new to the league. Um, you know, just put all their weapons out and try and, uh, try and have a good old gunfight. And, uh, I thought in the second half, um, I was hoping that we'd continue to do more of the same, but sorry, made some some adjustments, and you know we really didn't get in behind at all. Um, we didn't really have many chances in the second half. So, based on that, and based on you know, yeah, I mean, there's that that Alex that picture of uh, you know uh, Hazard and and uh, Kovacic coming on, and and everyone just being like, all right, well, like yeah, Chelsea are going to win this game when that happens. So. Um, yeah, I mean, we were once, far more the like the more aggressive of the two, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, we tried to win more than you guys did. Yeah, we wanted a draw, and you guys wanted to win, and that was the difference in the end. And I mean, you guys deserved it in the end to get the win. So, um, but I still saw a lot of encouraging signs from memory, and I really, um, you know, I thought that we we still pressed well. Um, we still uh, defensively. I mean, yeah, there were still lapses. That's that's something that's still take going to take time, and and. Um, that happened a lot under Wenger too, where we would start badly. Um, but I think that uh, you know, Granit Xhaka is is defensively too much of a liability in some of these big games, and we're eventually going to have to have to start Guendouzi and uh, Torreira. I thought Gwen, Torreira, uh, Guendouzi was our best player actually on the day. Um, Either him or Czech. Czech had some great saves to keep you guys in that game. 
Uh, no, I know it was definitely Guendouzi. Uh, no, Czech I was, was just okay. saying it was between it was between those two. No, Czech, Czech wasn't least, like, because three there, or was, four. there were several times that Czech's distribution is just we, we, it's hard to play with someone like Peter Czech as your goalie because he has to do these small passes and these goal kicks to the side, and it's 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 it's, it's really in the modern game that's it's not limiting. good. It's very limiting and it's very predictable, and teams compress you very easily in the back, and that's what creates mistakes. So I really don't like a goalkeeper that can't pass out of the back, and just poor Pete can't anymore. He's still a great shot stopper. Um, you well, know. he never really, he never really could. Yeah, he that never was really just could, never really, that was never asked of him yeah. in the past because he's. But he's now not, in the like, modern like game, said, one of the modern yeah, goalkeepers. Exactly. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to Leno eventually getting phased into the team and uh, having a Guendouzi Torreira partnership, uh, and hopefully uh, maybe Ramsey get a three man midfield. I, I, Ozil was also useless again. Um, I'm glad that he was substituted. Wenger would have never done that. So that was a really good um, that was a really good thing to do. And that's what another thing that gave me hope is you know Jaka coming off at halftime, Ozil coming off in the 55th minute. You know they made he made early changes, positive changes, uh, something that Arsene Wenger never would have done to either of those two players. Bench them like that. So uh, right. I, I'm only I you know I didn't expect us to get more than maybe a win from these two games. Um, getting zero points is off, obviously not great, but we have a really good run of games coming up now and we could rock together, you know, six, seven, eight wins in these next, uh, you know, nine or ten fixtures. Um, that would be really good. So, yeah, I think the future's still bright for us. I'm still positive and I, st- I still think we can make top four. You know, the season's early. I'm not, I'm not completely You have to. It's only, it's only two games in. Yeah, exactly. It's two, it's two games in and you've got two of your toughest games out of the way. Uh, yeah, it was a good barometer. For con- we didn't for get blown out, sake, you know? In either of the games, for it's a good sure. barometer to play against, you know, two really good the champions, and then away at a, you know, historically super hard fixture for us. So, for continuity's sake, let's uh, start our previews actually with Arsenal versus West Ham, even though it is technically slated as the second game we were going to talk about. But Arsenal will host West Ham Saturday morning at ten a.m. our time in the in the U.S. three p.m. obviously over in England. Do you expect Emery to be ready to make those changes, namely in midfield, for this game? Uh, Torreira and uh, Guendouzi, do you, do you think they'll start against West Ham? Because well, I, I personally think that's what you should do. I think it's uh, it's pretty clear that Xhaka and Ozil have had their chance in these last two games. And granted, it was against tough opposition, but I feel like they failed to show really anything. It was yeah. I, it was I'm interested to really. Bad I'm interested to see uh, Guendouzi with uh, Xhaka and Torreira together. Um, I think it might free up Xhaka a little bit more when he has Torreira next to him, um, and Guendouzi as well. Who's you know he can be. He's kind of like a Conte type. I mean, it's a little bit ridiculous to be comparing it to him this early, but. Um, he has an incredible energy about him where, like, you know, he has the most tackles in the league right now, uh, slash interceptions. Like, you know, the kids, uh, the kids sprouting up Two everywhere. Two games in, Javier. Two games in. Two games in. But that's still good for, for, a, for a debutant 19 year old. Chelsea also lead the league in passes completed. So, yeah. Huh. Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea gods. Sorry, gods. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that it's very, uh, it's very impressive that. This kid's been able to do this the first two games against huge opposition, and I'm interested to see what he does against, uh, you know, so-called lesser opposition. It's still a hard game in West Ham, so it's a good test. And uh, but we need to get three points out of this. We need to get a run going. So I, I'm well, expecting a, I'm us, expecting a four-one result. Um, yeah, we agree on that. 
that's uh, it's just one of those ones where you think Arsenal will win convincingly because we haven't seen anything that suggests otherwise from West Ham, uh, especially going away to Arsenal. And uh, we also don't think Arsenal are fixing their defensive issues anytime soon. So we'll think they'll concede that one consolation goal. And uh, Andrew has uh, 3-1 to Arsenal. Let's move on to the first game, chronologically, of the season, uh, of the weekend. Wolves are going to host Man City Saturday, 7.30 a.m. I'm waking up for this one because there's going to be goals. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. Definitely going to be goals. And that's not to say that like Man City are terrible defensively, but they are going away to... A Wolves team that, like, we saw them at home, the atmosphere there, especially for the champions coming in, one of the best teams in in Europe, it's fair to say. Uh, That crowd is going to be packed again for the second home game of the season. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be seeing fireworks and all sorts of craziness go off before uh, the match kicks off, just like for the first game. It's a question of how how many, how long do you think Wolves can kind of hang in it for? Because I feel like Wolves have, like, two, maybe three goals in them. I just don't think defensively they're... they're definitely just not sharp enough and really adjusted well enough to the, the quickness of the Premier League game that they're going to be able to stop Man City from scoring three or four past that. Yeah, I just – new teams have so much trouble with teams like Man City. I think it's going to be way too much of a of a learning curve for this first game. Um, I think maybe the second game, maybe at, at Manchester City they might get a better chance. They'll probably play a better game in the away game, but I think this game they're probably going to get blown out. I have 5-2 Man City. Um, Aguero's on fantastic form, you know – the fact that they can bring on Sané, Mares, you know, De Bruyne's injured, but it doesn't matter at all, right? Like they still destroyed Huddersfield, and uh, it doesn't matter one bit. Right, it really doesn't <laughs> I think matter. I, I, you may see it start to matter in the games against the big teams, but obviously, we mentioned on the last pod, they don't have many of those soon, so they've got plenty of time for this. Uh, this uh, this new look without Kevin De Bruyne, Man City, to sort of. Get adjusted to Pep's system, which they're all pretty well, like equipped, or they're all pretty comfortable in already. So, Bernardo Silva, David Silva in those midfield positions, Gundogan can come in and uh, at least like perform his role pretty well in midfield. I have them winning four-two. Uh, I, th- I think Wolves give them a bit of a scare, but nothing uh, to, to stop a a blowout. Uh, Andrew has three-one Man City, which may be the probably the safest scoreline to bet. Uh, it's still, I'm sure Pep will be viewing it as a difficult away game. Let's move on back to the 10 a.m. games. Bournemouth are going to host Everton. We wanted to look at this one. Uh, this is happening at 10 a.m. at the same time as Arsenal West Ham and a whole bunch of other games. But we want to look at this one, namely because Bournemouth have started out their season very well, getting a uh, 2-0 win over Cardiff at home to start the season. And then going on the road to, who was it? West Ham and beating West Ham 2-1, coming from behind to win that game. Now they're going to host Everton, a team that's started pretty well themselves. We're unlucky to uh, to uh, not beat Wolves on the opening day of the season and then uh, beat Southampton last week. Richarlison's obviously started really well with three goals. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice mid-table clash. I yeah, think six it's, for uh, seventh right now, and both of these teams yeah. could very easily finish in the top ten, and I think they're, they'll aspire for that last Europa League spot that's probably going to be open for... For teams, I mean Bournemouth. Um, I thought that they were going to struggle this year, but maybe Eddie Howe is a genius, and uh, you know he's going to. I'm just going to say about uh, about that 
they may still struggle. People forget that West Brom lost their first, or sorry, they won their first three games of last season and then didn't win a game until February and went on a terrible run. Right. So it's not impossible to yeah. to start your season pretty well for the first like couple of weeks and then just sort of lose it as teams adjust to what you've you've been doing. Yeah, and I mean, I. I this Bournemouth side, though, it seems like Eddie Howe is a great coach, and I think if he keeps them up again this season, and if they, uh, you know, have another, uh, you know, good season and finish in the top ten, then uh, you know Eddie Howe might be looking for bigger, bigger things because this guy's had almost no budget. Um, you know, last year they did make a few decent signings. They they splashed out some money uh, for Begovic and uh, I think Defoe. Okay. Okay. Defoe came in on a free. I mean, they they but they they're paying them a lot of money these players. So, um, I, I think that if either that or they should give him more money um, because he you know if he does something like that he'll be doing a great job. But anyway, I think um, I think this game ends one one. Um, I think uh, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of goals. I know previously in some of the in this fixture there's been a lot of goals, but I think Everton um, they're they're looking to get better defensively this year than they were last year. They were just awful last year. Uh, Bournemouth as well, and I think that they're gonna. This is gonna be a tight game. Uh, neither team's gonna want to lose, so I'm gonna say one one. Andrew has two one Everton. He believes in uh, the Toffees to go on the road and uh, beat Bournemouth. They could. It's they not very a very good. easy yeah. place to go. That would be an impressive win for Everton. I have two two. I just think going forward, both teams are uh, leaps and bounds. Yeah, Callum uh, Wilson's in great form right now. Yeah, yeah, Callum Wilson's in great form. Uh, I, David Brooks, the uh, young midfielder they bought, Bournemouth bought from uh, Sheffield Wednesday, or sorry, Sheffield United, I think, has started the season pretty well. He was one of the picks with, along with James Madison to come up from the championship. And, and play well, yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the typical like young, hyped English guys. <laughs> so we, people are still uh, kind of on the, the David Brooks bandwagon, believing that he's going to be something this season. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but for, for Everton, I think both teams you can say this about, but Everson specifically are leaps and bounds uh, further ahead in offensive quality than they are right now defensively. Jordan Pickford still looks like he's got a few mistakes in him. He's got like a few few pure, uh, poorly judged crosses and, 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 and direct shots that he's not really handled very well after a really good World Cup. And the rest of that defense is still kind of getting bled in. Zuma hasn't made an appearance yet. Yeri Mina hasn't made an appearance yet. Jagielka uh, is still... Uh, out with the red card suspension, so it's going to be kind of like a ragtag mix of like Mason Holgate and uh, Michael Keane back there. So we'll see how Everton hold up defensively uh, on the road. I think they get enough goals though to get a two-two draw out of it. And again, Andrew has two-one Everton. But moving on to the rest of the ten a.m. games, we're just going to do pickums here: Huddersfield versus Cardiff at ten a.m. Javier, what do you have? I've got one nil to Huddersfield. I think that. Their experience in the Premier League will, will come in handy here, but it, it could easily be. I want. I almost put nil nil because these teams are, they're both it's, pretty it's pretty dreadful teams. So, I'm surprised we none of us have taken the nil nil because I feel like this is the best candidate for it. I have three one Huddersfield. I just feel like wow. at home against usually lesser opposition, or even against like teams as good of, as, as them. Huddersfield at home usually like play pretty well. They beat like Watford and West Brom and a bunch of. Uh, like perennial Premier League teams last season uh, at their stadium. Andrew has uh, 2-0 Huddersfield. He's on the, the same bandwagon as me. Let's move on to the next 10 a.m. game. The last one is uh, Southampton hosting Leicester City. Uh, Andrew has 1-1. I, too, have 1-1. And Javier, what do you have? Uh, I have 2-1 Leicester. I think uh, they surprised me this season. I think they're, they're better than I thought. And um, I think that they... 
they're going to grow this year. They might, you know, they're definitely going to be challenging for that last Europa League spot. Um, and they, even with that Vardy red card, I think uh, someone like Kalechi Hinacho um, is primed to, to step up this year. And uh, once he gets some starting minutes, uh, I really like uh, someone like James Madison, who has started the season well. Like you said, you like him. And um, I think his, his passing ability and his, uh, his dribbling and, um, it's gonna it's gonna help uh, a player like Kalechi grow into the the game and and well he's gonna have to grow fast yeah definitely. <laughs> with that red card to Vardy. definitely definitely <laughs> um, so I, I I'm excited to see if he can do well uh, he's always been one of my favorite players uh, coming up when he was at Manchester City and he hasn't done too well at Leicester so far um, but he I don't think he's been giving that much of an opportunity of a run of games so I would love to see uh, how he does you know uh, he's probably gonna be starting this game Liverpool are gonna host Brighton. Saturday at 12.30 p.m. We're going to listen to uh, a little little snippet that Andrew sent us. He is the Liverpool guy after all, so uh, we'll be right back after this. Hey guys, what's up? It's Andrew checking in here. Just wanted to uh, give my two cents on the big Liverpool game this weekend. Uh, And more importantly, I will be out in New York City exploring a couple different Liverpool bars. I think I'm going to be going to Carragher's in Midtown. So if you're a Ghost Goal fan and you're out in New York City... And you're going to a pub to watch Liverpool play Brighton this Saturday at 12.30. Hit me in the DMs, Twitter, Instagram, at Andrew Passaro, at ASMoss92. Always trying to find some more Liverpool fans, especially up here in New York. Uh, But let's get to the thick of it. Uh, Liverpool play Brighton at Liverpool on 12.30 on Saturday. Um, Feeling pretty good about this match. All in all, I feel like this is going to be the first game that we see Fabinho I think Klopp's going to move away from this midfield three of Wijnaldum, Keita, and James Milner. The midfield three I would play would probably be Wijnaldum, Keita, and Fabinho. Not that James Milner doesn't deserve to play. Obviously scores a penalty in the last game. But I think especially watching Brighton's great performance at home last week against Manchester United, Liverpool need to be a little bit more solid in midfield. Um not really worried about the front our front three I think that's going to be the only major change Joe Gomez like I said has played well over the last couple weeks so I think this shouldn't be too hard of a game Liverpool played well against Brighton last year and winning 5-1 away and 4-0 on the at home so I'm not really worried I I think I don't think there's going to be a blowout I well I'm going to say 3-1 I think I think Brighton will be the first team to score against us but Virgil van Dijk has been massive Allison's proved to be an incredible keeper so far so I think that there's just there's a gulf of of, of talent, and, and I know the immediate response is going to be, well, Manchester United had better talent, but Liverpool's humming right now, and, and not to say that Brighton aren't going to give them trouble, because I think they will, but I just think that Liverpool created a lot more chances against Crystal Palace than they were able to convert, and I don't think that Brighton are as solid at the back, and I think once you give Mohamed Salah and Roberto Firmino another bite at that apple. And I think it's, I think it's going to be the deciding factor. And I think they're going to win it. Uh, and also watch out for Sadio Mane, three goals already early in the, in the, in the premier league. And there's a lot of hot takes going around on Twitter that this could potentially be more of a Sadio Mane year for Liverpool than it could be for Mohamed Salah. So I think there's just a wealth of, of weapons and you still have Daniel Sturridge and, and Jared Shakiri to come in off the bench if they need them. So I, I think that's, I think Liverpool are just going to continue to to steamroll an opponent. Um, I expect Brighton to have their chances, but uh, I'm also hot take. I'm going to take Navicator to score his first Liverpool goal this weekend. So, uh, yeah, 
back to Alex and Javier. And once again, yeah, if you're in New York looking for looking for a good Liverpool bar, so if there's one you recommend, uh, hit me on Twitter at Andrew Pissarro, both Twitter and Instagram. Back to the guys. Thanks for sending us that, that Andrew. Uh, Javier, I feel like Andrew is making this out to be a bit more of a difficult fixture than it really needs to be. He, he obviously picked 3-1 uh, whenever Brighton. The fact that he's even picking Brighton to score at Anfield, uh, that, I don't know what I know. I don't know what's causing him to do that. No one's scored at Anfield since February, and that's the that's the Van Dyke effect. That's uh, Allison coming in and obviously bringing another cool head to that back line. Uh, I have three 0 Liverpool. I, I don't think this is going to be like a, a, a huge blowout, like five or six 0 Like one of like it's going to be against a lot of the uh, bottom teams in the Premier League. But I think three comfortable goals get get Liverpool done. Uh, for the day. Yeah, I think Brighton are going to come into this confident. Obviously, they just beat Manchester United in their own place comfortably, um, which is not easy to do. And, um, you know, I, I could see this being a very difficult fixture for Liverpool if Brighton come out that same way um, and try and play that same way. But obviously, they're away from home now. Um, they're, yeah, they're they much, haven't done it away from home. They're much home worse away up. from home. So uh, I have 2 0 Liverpool. Uh, I don't see Brighton really scoring unless. Um, you know, so it would, it would, it would. I think that their Van Dyke is on a tear. I think that Allison, like you said, and and they've shored up a lot at the back, and you know they're probably title contenders this year. Um, you know, I think that they're going to win this pretty comfortably. Andrews got three uh, one, so yeah, it looks like we're all thinking similar. You know, two or three goal game here. Andrew mentioned the midfield. He mentioned bringing in Fabinho, and I certainly wouldn't be opposed completely to sort of taking this as the the chance to uh, get Fabinho accustomed to the Premier League home game. They're going to have lots of the ball. But I feel like to say that any one of Wijnaldum, Keita, or Milner don't deserve to start is... Yeah, that's kind of rough. I mean, they got point. to the Champions League They, they started really well. Right. If you win your, your first two games, don't concede any goals, uh, score six goals overall... Like your midfield's doing something right. Like why break that up? Like why not just start them, get the two or three goal lead that you probably can get against Brighton at home, then bring Fabinho in with like maybe like sixty minute or sixty minutes on the clock or something like that, and get him a nice like thirty minute run out at home. I, I just feel like you don't mess with a good thing when you've got it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. I think that Fabinho should just be eased into the team. If someone gets hurt, they should bring him in. I don't think you should just try and. You know, uh, I don't think he should just get a high track into the team just because he was, you know, they spent 40, 50 million, whatever on him. So um, I think you got to earn your spot. And I think Milner's earned a spot. Um, maybe Wijnaldum. Um, I don't know. Maybe you could play him instead of Wijnaldum. But uh, Wijnaldum's been good. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm basing this off of a uh, merit that he's been good. And I don't think he deserves to be benched at the minute. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So you know, we'll uh, we'll see what Klopp does. It's an interesting prediction from uh, from Andrew there. Also, uh, Kate does a score. Uh, that's like you said, that was a good prediction. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. He'll he's bound to score sooner or later. He's he's got some great uh, dribbling and and uh, striking ability. So uh, look look for that. I think I don't is he expensive in fantasy? I think he's like six fives, and he's a little expensive for a. I think he's seven five. Oh, wow, yeah, that's. Oof. Not a good value. Yeah, or there. seven, something like that. Not good value. All right, let's move on to Sunday, eight thirty Sunday morning. Watford are going to host Crystal Palace. Andrew has two one Watford. I have two uh, two. 
Uh, Javier? Uh, I think uh, Palace get a away win here. I think they're going to go 2 on Watford. They got the uh, the away win in the first uh, game of the season, and they're 2-0 and right now. Watford are they, – they have that, that early season Watford bump, you know. Every of those first 12, 13 games, Watford are usually like in the top six, and then everything falls apart and they're terrible for the last, you know, six months of the year. But, you know, they're in that Watford boost – uh, but I, I I will say about the Burnley game, uh, Burnley played the exact same eleven that played in extra time against Basak Shahir on Thursday night. He didn't change anyone from the lineup, and you could really tell by the end of that game when Watford started to break away uh, and, and won that three one at uh, Turf Moor. It's not an easy place, obviously, to go and win. Right. So I think the game on Thursday definitely had some sort of significant impact on that. I'm sure. I'm sure. But uh, but I think yeah. Let's move on yeah. to that uh, that other team. Fulham yeah. hosting Burnley Sunday, 11 a.m., same time as uh, the, the next game we'll uh, check out. Andrew has 2-1 Fulham. I have uh, 1-1. Javier? Yeah, I have 2-0 uh, Fulham. I like Fulham uh, to win this one, hopefully. Get their first points of the yeah, season. They've lost their first the two. Season. Um, you know, they're at Homa, and they need to get a big result here. And I think Burnley, we'll see how they can handle this Europa I think you said, like you said, that might have affected they, them. They so. don't. They don't have a game this Thursday leading up to the Fulham game, so they won't. They'll be. They'll be properly rested for this uh, this Fulham game, but, but they'll be looking ahead to the Olympiacos tie they have the following Thursday. So, um, yeah, I don't think uh, fitness won't be an impact for for Burnley in this. Uh, I, I, I like a one-one draw for Burnley. That's good. just a nice away point. I feel like that's that's completely fine with Burnley. Obviously, Andrew again has Fulham winning two-one. Green with Javier. 11 a.m. Sunday, Newcastle will host Chelsea in a notoriously poor fixture in uh, Chelsea's Premier League history. It's uh, never easy for us to go to Newcastle and get points. It's just one of those places. The atmosphere is a little bit bigger um, than most teams of, let's just say, Newcastle's usual position in the league these last uh, few years. Newcastle are usually kind of down there. Uh, and they're definitely one of the hardest away games from the uh, relegation candidates. Andrew agrees with me. We have uh, we have one uh, one one. Andrew has I have two two. I-, I think this is just destined for a draw. We're not good enough defensively to stop really anyone in the Premier League outside of probably Cardiff and obviously Huddersfield from scoring against us. So uh, obviously away from home, I think there's going to be far longer patches in the game, like you saw in the latter part of the of the first half against Arsenal where we're just kind of dropping off teams we're not providing the same sort of effort off the ball defensively to try and uh, pressure and challenge people further up the pitch Newcastle have players that will be able to feast on that namely John Joe Shelby he can pick a pass through even the smallest holes in your defense and there will be holes so I I, I don't I don't want to say it but I, I think it's going to be 2-2 it's going to be our first slip up yeah, I mean, it's that's what historically has happened, but I think that this is a different Chelsea team. This is pretty much the same Newcastle team as last year, and um, I think not adding any players is going to hurt them, and I think that you guys have enough of a different look as a team now that they might have trouble um, with your offensive prowess, and I think Eden Hazard will probably start this game uh, along with uh, Pedro and uh, Morata, so I think that's going to be... Uh, very dangerous for them, and maybe even Kovacic as well. If he starts, uh, you know they could have they could have a really rough time. So uh, I have. I don't I have think Kovacic is going to start yet. 
He he might not, Two, but he played really well last game, and you guys had some really good sequence of plays when he came on. So, you know, I, I think you guys pull this one through. Um, I think it'll be 2-1, maybe even 3-1 Chelsea. I think you guys will be more comfortable than you think. Let me get on record and say I want Kovacic to start. I absolutely agree. He should be the third midfielder next oh, to Oh, absolutely. Conte he should be. He, I mean, he he's the guy has got two or three Champions Leagues. Like, he absolutely should be starting over, you know, people who have never gone anywhere near that trophy. So, Also, his dribbling and passing ability in that yeah, it's half space next, next to where Eden Hazard is coming off of that left wing. Those two together on that same wing combining and playing one-touch passing with one another, that's going to be really scary for some teams to deal with. I uh, I, I just think the, 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 the fitness and the uh, how used to the system he is is going gonna, is gonna to play against him in Maurizio Sarri's eyes. And I feel like Sarri is going to give Ross Barkley one more chance to really uh, cement his name on the team sheet. He hasn't really taken it yet, even though he's looked good. Had a couple of uh, good chances against Arsenal. Did give the ball away uh, for their first goal. So, you know, it's, it's his, I think it's rightly his last chance to, to, to get his name in the team. But if he doesn't score a goal or set a goal up or absolutely play out of his mind... Kovacic is coming for that spot next week when he's fully fit and has like another 20 or 30 minutes under his belt. Let's move on to the biggest game of the weekend, which sadly is placed on a Monday night, uh, 8 p.m. in England. Manchester United are going to host Tottenham. It's going to be 3 p.m. here in the United States. It's You can't have this on Sunday. You can't flip Newcastle-Chelsea to Monday night and then have United-Tottenham in that 11 a.m. spot. Like. I don't, Why can't I you don't do that? It. I don't get it. <laughs> it's the weekend. That's that's when the games are played. It's the side games are like, oh, yeah, I don't. Can you tell I'm not a fan of the, uh, the marquee fixture being on a Monday night? And the same thing if it's on a Friday night. That's not for that game. Uh, but let's talk about the actual action itself. Man United obviously coming off of that 3-2 loss away to Brighton where it probably wasn't even that close. Tottenham coming off two straight wins to start the season. Looking pretty good. It was uh, it was three two. They got that last minute penalty. Yeah, no, I said three two. Oh, okay, I was saying it didn't look that close. It didn't it look looked that more close, like right. a, like three three one was probably the more suitable uh, scoreline for that right. game, the Brighton game. Uh, but yeah, they obviously only ended up losing by one goal. Tottenham are coming to Old Trafford to make things worse. They've, How are you feeling about this one? Don't you, I feel like we're we're in agreement that Mourinho. This is the time where he shuts the game down, makes it as boring as possible, and wins with another like seventy eighth minute set piece goal. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> I think they're going to be looking to get Alexis back this game. I think having a player like Alexis in your team um, just makes such a massive difference. He's he's a, such a threat on the ball, and he's such a polarizing player. I think. I think when he's on your team, you really just need to base your team around him and like play everything through him, or else the team doesn't work as well. Obviously, if you have Pogba too, he, he's a, he can create another threat. But I think you need to play terribly against Brighton. Yeah, I think I you say. need Alexis Pogba on the pitch. I think I think Alexis just improves everyone else on the pitch, um, even if he's somewhat selfish. I think at United, he's hasn't been as selfish as he was on Arsenal his last year. But for for two or three years on Arsenal, um, you know before. Really, in my, in my mind, I saw a switch in his play um, after we lost to Bayern, you know, the, the 10-2. Uh, I saw he became much more selfish. But before that, you know, he's such a he, he, he's such a creative player and such a threat that I think if he starts this game, I think that United have a chance to win. I have them winning 1-0. Um, 
I'm I'm hopeful that they can get their season going here. I mean, I don't want Tottenham to start three and zero, so I'm actually kind of rooting for Manchester United here. Um, but I think that all all of those teams are going to be competing for you know that third and fourth spot. Um, so uh, I think a draw would benefit us the most. Uh, but I but I have United sneaking a one nil. Uh, home win here. They're they're usually good at home. Mourinho at home, and I think he's he's going to do his best to bounce back after a disappointing result last week. I'm with you. I just can't get behind a United clean sheet right now, even at home. I can't get behind it. Uh, the the defense has looked that poor, and the Manumatic still isn't a guarantee to be back. He's obviously missed the first two games of the season, and United's midfield has suffered for yeah, it. Yeah, he's he a big predict. miss. Right? Yeah, you're right. We'll see if he comes back. If he, if he comes back and it's him, Fred, Pogba in the midfield, uh, maybe McTominay instead of Fred, uh, and they really go for a combative defensive performance, I, I could absolutely see them winning uh, 2-1 is what I have. Andrew has a 1-0 away win for Tottenham. That would be a big I will result say, Pog- if that happened. It would be huge because Pochettino's away record against the top six Hasn't been great. That's that's why that Chelsea away win was also so big last season. Because just straight up, even if you don't consider the 30-year history they had of not winning there before that, yeah, they straight up were just bad against the rest of the, the the rest of the teams that they're competing with for trophies and for places in the in the league table. So he gets a win like that against uh, Man United and a clean sheet. That would be that would be huge for them. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um... You know, we'll. I think this game being on a Monday, it, it a lot of people are going to have to watch it on their phones or at their computers at work. It's unfortunate. Um, I don't really like the, the Premier League schedule. I agree with you that you know big games like this should always be on the weekend. So, you know, boo Premier League. All right. Well, that wraps up all the games coming up this weekend. I'm uh, certainly excited. Thanks again to Javier. Thanks again to Andrew for sending us his thoughts on Liverpool. And until uh, next week, see you.